TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of ageing well. Marcus Pierce here with you and it gives me great pleasure as all for the 422nd time, I believe it's eight years and counting. We are shooting down to Melbourne to the almost perfect day, to the almost perfect golfer, but to the 100% perfect human being. Dr. Dan Christoph, hello, legend. I wouldn't say that, PC. Hello, legend. It's uh, always great to be with you um, talking about all great things to do with longevity, wellness, well-being, as we do. Um, you're right. It was almost a perfect day here. We have beautiful sunshine. Uh, we have had a little bit of rain to kick off the day. There's been virtually no breeze, a couple of little puffy clouds. It's been hot and cold all four seasons like you'd get from Melbourne. You must be missing out up there, PC, because this is, you know, this is. Well, look, I just uh, shout out to um, people that I don't think ever listened to the podcast, to my sister, Georgia, uh, wonderful sister. Love Georgie. She's wonderful. in Cairns at the moment. Yeah. Uh, spoke to her today and um, 500 mil of rain, she tells me, over three days. And uh, <laughs> I feel for any Victorian that's going up to Queensland, far north Queensland for a, a holiday. I said, I said, George, you should have come to Byron. It is literally sun shining, blue sky, divine day in paradise. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we won't talk about the weather because it does it does get a little bit uh, narky for people sometimes. Let's talk about things that it doesn't get narky. It just gets boring. It's just a bit. Well, it's just you know a lot of potential. It's just you I know. Mean, it's, it's you know at least ours is interesting. Uh, Wendy says g'day. Nice to see you, Wendy. There, thank you very much. Breaking that up, uh, PC. Uh, exciting time and exciting things happening for you. Um, and there's obviously lots of conversations to have. I've had conversations over the last couple of days with people talking about biohacking because, as you may know. I did a TV commercial the other day for Panna Chocolate um, and one of the themes that we did in the Panna Chocolate um, commercials, two TV commercials were, and that's going to be on Channel 10, by the way, everybody, um, was talk about biohacking. Now, for me, biohacking means that you use food the way nature intended it to encourage your body to behave appropriately. Now, what you can do is you can use biohacking to force your body to do things it's not meant to do, uh, and for so, like what a drug would do. So if you take a drug, it actually tells your body to do something that it doesn't want to do because you're ignoring its environment and you're saying, hey, forget about all the sodium, forget about the 50 kilos that you've got on, forget about all the sugar that you eat, just take this drug and you can just go about living your life. That, for me, is not how to biohack your way into longevity, right? So then this question came up around what do we do? Um, around, like, is quantity of life or quality of life uh, better? And I said, well, can't you have both? Like, why can't you have quantity and quality? So then I was sitting with Amber's grandmother who just turned 100 uh, in December, December 27th. And PC, we need to lock in a date to interview her. I'd love Isabel. to. Let's do it. Isabel, let's get Isabel on. In fact, while you're here in Melbourne this weekend, maybe, maybe 
we might be able to go around the corner to Canterbury because you're staying out that way. We go around the corner to Canterbury and video record her. I'll talk to you about that later on. Anyway, because that could be great. Yes. Every minute of my trip already is uh, occupied. But maybe if it's I might still I might try and steal 60 of those. So we'll see how we go. But anyway, we were talking and she spoke about she just wants quality of life now that she's 100, right? Probably even when she was 97, she just wanted quality of life. She couldn't be stuffed about the longevity or the quantity of life. And here we are, young whippersnappers compared to her, going, we want to live to her 100. And she's going, don't live to 100 because it sucks. Uh, I just want quantity of life. I feel like at this point in time, at the ripe young age of 47, turning 48 soon, that I would love both. Is it achievable, Piercy? Do you think it's achievable? Can we have both? Well, I think the people we've interviewed, uh, and thank you, Damo, for those words. I think the uh, I think the people that we've interviewed on 100 Not Out are wonderful examples of saying you can have your cake and eat it too. Is that is that the is that the one liner? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can actually have both, and a lot of people I think feel that they have to trade one for the other, but I don't think that's actually the um, I don't think that's the way to do it. And I think we've been pleasantly surprised by a number of our guests that. Um, people that have high standards in many areas of their life and not just one are actually the ones that get the prize at the end. And for me, that's so exciting. And as you've said, you know, you're, you're a cycle of seven older than I am. You are at the point where you go, no, I definitely want quantity and I definitely want quality and I won't settle um, for second best in either. Agreed, agreed. So I would love to hear from the listeners, our watchers, um, whether or not you can think you can have both and what would be required to have both. So for those of you who are joining us on the live today and not listening to this in the podcast, um, just join in. Just let us know what you reckon uh, could actually happen. Can you have both? And do you think you're on track to achieve both? Like, do you think that you're doing what it takes to achieve both? Now, let's think about what we've learned from the people that we've interviewed, Piercy. Because what we have learned is that engagement, purpose, and movement are the three key factors for longevity, it seems. Now, Mm. obviously, genetics play an important role and the avoidance of chronic disease. So let's talk about what are the chronic diseases. Heart disease, diabetes, and cancer are the three major chronic diseases that make us live a shorter life. So Mm. they steal years from us. If you're insulin resistant, if you've got diabetes, if you've got cancer, if you've got heart disease, they steal years from us. Now, yes, you can take medication um, to help manage that, but what are you doing enough to live your fullest and most successful life? In other words, are you going to live a long time and have quality of life? I'd love to know that. So think about that. Now, PC, in your book, Exceptionals, um, you speak about um, a number of different levels and layers that you would uh, espouse would be required to live an exceptional life. Now, an exceptional life, um, what does that mean? Is that longevity or is that um, is wow. that just quality? Sure. Like, what, what's right, on, right, on, right on cue of you to ask, Damon, because I think the book <laughs> <laughs> the book has been divided. It's almost like a 100 not out section and then a, and then, and then my own kind of thoughts and research. Because really, if it wasn't for our first couple of years minimum on 100 about, um, the, uh, part one is called Your Exceptional Longevity. And, and the three chapters of that section are life purpose, movement, and social life or engagement. Um, and that is really 
what, um, like I would say, like the foundation of the book. You can't, I said at the beginning of the book, you can choose it like a, uh, you can read it like it's your own adventure. Remember those books we had growing up? Yep. Start at page seven and you'd go to page 95. You can do that. You can go, I need to work on my, my family or my nutrition or my wealth, my spirit or my movement. But I remind readers throughout the book, like the foundation of your life is your life purpose, your movement and social life. But after that, because longevity is almost guaranteed uh, for people are popping in the comments here, you know, um, Wendy said my granddad smoked all his life and drank a glass of whiskey every day and he lived till 92. Like longevity doesn't have as much to do with lifestyle as you'd like to think, particularly because medicine will keep even the poorest lifestyles alive for so long. So yeah. if you are going to live a long time, what I began to really question is, well, what are the drivers of quality of life? What are the – if quantity is as good as guaranteed, what's going to make you have quality of life? And they are nutrition, a great family life, uh, growth, which, which uh, yields enthusiasm, yeah. uh, wealth, which yields a great level of um, choice and independence. Um, those are the four ingredients to a, to a great quality of life. So – um, that took a lot of time and a lot of research to, you know, get my head around. But even still it felt incomplete because then I was like, okay, so, you know, you do what you love, you you move regularly, you socialise, you, um, you eat well with others, you, you love your family, you, um, you grow and you learn, you know, you play golf, you do things that yield enthusiasm, you spend less than you earn and invest a difference. Um, but what if you're all stuck in your head? What if you still live in the worlds of labels? What if you think like good, things are good and bad, right and wrong? Um, that creates a lot of stress. And I, I love all your crack your stress go conversations that we've had over the years because the, the third part of the book, part three, is, is uh, your exceptional spirit. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't put spirit into your work and your movement and your uh, your social life, your your family, your growth and health, then everything just becomes heady mental. And we know those people. Like we know those people that are so in their head and they're trying to do the right thing, but they've never really established that there's no such thing as right or wrong, you know. Um, There is who we are as an individual. There's no one that has a spirit or a soul like ours. Um, And I feel like that was the hardest chapter to write because I didn't want it to be all esoteric and... Um, woo woo. I was like, I don't know what I said, but it was like, um, in something as seemingly abstract as spirit, there is a clear defining line between the exceptionals and the rest of society. The exceptionals fully express their great spirit. The rest of us are too scared to. I, I attempted to kind of make this without trying to read the whole chapter in a, in a bit. I attempted to make it, um, uh, oh, making the abstract and esoteric concrete and practical. Like, I attempted to make my. I don't know, not my masculine brain, but I didn't want it to be unachievable and, and immeasurable. So, you know, I put sleep in the spirit chapter. I put prayer in the spirit chapter. I put gratitude in the spirit chapter. Um, I put breath in the spirit chapter, which which a lot of the time they get into the health chapter. But, you know, mm-hmm. sleeping, um, the Dalai Lama said sleeping is the best meditation, you know, and I like oh, people nice. get so caught up I meditate in, every day. Yeah, totally. But we do. Like people are so caught up that if they're not meditating, they are not whole. They're not complete. I'm like, you meditate whether you like it or not. Like you go Mm. to sleep. Um, Mm. 
So I don't want the book to come across as unachievable, woo-foo, woo-woo. Uh, I want it to come across as um, inspiring, can-do, bite-sized or big chunks, depending on how you want to do it. Um, and like you said, I don't want people to feel like they have to choose quantity or quality. I want to want both and feel like they've got the confidence to go and, and get both. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I'm sure that's what will come through it. But it's interesting you talk about that, you know, that concreting the esoteric, I, like I, which I, which I love. And you also said that you know you love the stress component of it and ebbing and you know where crack your stress code comes in uh, is the recognition that stress is the major cause of disease. So there's three causes or there's three stressors uh, that we consider. And so we're looking at the chemical causes of stress, looking at the physical cause of stress and the emotional causes of stress. So let's have a look at the comments that have come through here. So Wendy says, my granddad smoked all his life and drank a glass of whiskey, lives to, lived to 92, right? So he had chemical stress in his life, but maybe he didn't have as much emotional stress continuously, or maybe his body was able to handle the chemical stress for whatever reason. Maybe that wasn't as much of a stress because if you think about it, living in the city, we've got chemical stress all the time, like breathing carbon monoxide from exhaust, and people still living to 100 years old, right? So maybe there's, maybe there's that. Um, Wendy then also said, I think our sedentary lifestyle makes it hard to have it all. We have to make a conscious effort to increase our longevity. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually would disagree with you there, Wendy, and I love you. And you know that except for you barracking for Hawthorne, I love every bit about you. It's not going to be go tigers. And so what I would say here though, Wendy, is that you don't have to work hard to move. In fact, all it is is just ensuring that you move 30 minutes every single day. That's it. That's not that hard. And, and so it's only it's only hard or you when you say you have to make a conscious effort, that means that it's not part of your lifestyle. It's part of your lifestyle to eat three meals a day. It's part of your lifestyle to drink water. It's part of your lifestyle to take a poo. It's part of your lifestyle to have a shower. So make it part of your lifestyle to move for 30 minutes every single day rather than oh, making a conscious yes. effort. So. Um, this is, that's what yeah. I would. That's what I would say there. You know, like so, um, physical stress from sitting is only because you haven't made movement part of your lifestyle. Because we make everything else part of our lifestyle: sitting down to watch the telly, switch on the news, listen to the radio, watching mm. the footy, whatever else. That's part of our lifestyle. So just make movement part of your lifestyle. This is what I do every single day. So I'd encourage you to do that. Vicky then went on to say that life's never perfect. There's ebbs and flows of good and bad years. You never know what t- great times are ahead. Some difficult long years could precede some more great years. And using that as a metaphor for winning a grand final, I hear you, Vicky. I know. <laughs> I know. And Marcus knows that more than what I do because he has never seen a grand final uh, win for Melbourne. And he may never, but I have as a Richmond supporter. But what I'm saying here, Vicky, what I, and I agree with you, this is the emotional stress, and it could be a financial stress, which drives an emotional stress. It could be arguments, love and longing, all of those sorts of things, relationships, that sort of stuff. Um, that's the ebbs and flows, and I totally agree with you. And then you listen to what Tammy says, and Tammy's got a great perspective here. My grandmother smoked from age 14 to 80 when her lung collapsed and then died at age 93. Why would her lung collapse then? You just go doesn't it's so unfair her daughter my mom had breast cancer age 23 and died of ovarian cancer at 44 and that's horrendous so you kind of go well that's the luck of is that the luck of the draw is that another emotional stress is that a physical stress or tammy 
these are all the questions. So when we talk about the chronic diseases, we talk about heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. They're the three things that can rob you of your years. And so we're going to try and avoid those where we know we can actually control the outcome. And, uh, and of course, the most mysterious of this one, of these, is cancer. It's the most mm-hmm. mysterious because we don't know what causes it. Um, but the, uh, the heart disease, we know what causes that. And the diabetes, we know what causes that, except for type 1 diabetes, which is challenging. I think um, what, you, yeah, what you're referring to, uh, which I love, is that you do have to leave some space for the gap. You know, life isn't about knowing everything, yes. uncertainty. And uh, as, as uh, Vicky said, you know, sometimes um, a really tough time can be yeah. the preceding or the seed of great years ahead. Sometimes yes. great years ahead are leading up to a really tough time. Um, and I also feel like, you know, what Wendy was saying, was I, I was just looking at it, um, we talk about it a lot, and again, it's in the book Transforming from Exercise to Movement. I think about you playing golf. Like for some people that don't like golf, they would actually call it exercise. Yes. Uh, and then for people that love golf, they would not necessarily call it exercise. They'd just be calling it like, you know, something they love to do. It's, it's a movement that they love. And so I think the conversation around finding ways that you love to move is, is essential. I know Sister Madonna Buddha, I quoted her. I'm just trying to look for it here. Uh, when I was talking about movement, um, I called it, uh, where was it? Um, lo- love your movement and enjoy your exercise. Madonna Buddha told me once, I cannot do indoor exercise and enjoy it. My enjoyment is to be out in nature in what God created. Sitting on a bike inside watching the numbers turn around makes me feel like a lab rat and I lose my spirit <laughs> because that's not the way yeah. we are constructed. We are constructed with mind, body and soul and when one of the three gets out of balance, and we are in for trouble. I've noticed that in myself when I get so obsessed with trying to get in X number of miles that I'm driving myself into burnout and then I've lost the urge to do it because it's robbed me of the thrill of being free. And so movement has to be something that you love. If you don't like yoga, don't do yoga. Like if you love golf, play golf. Like I think we become so obsessed with finding the right thing rather than the thing we love the most. Can I tell you something, PC? Mm. We can bang on about all of this stuff around longevity. But the one thing that I love the most about golf and then the one thing I love about catching up with you and the one thing that I love about flying up to Sydney or the one thing that I love about like going to see Ravi or the one thing I love about going to my practice is the friendships. Mm-hmm. Like I love the friendships. And the reason why I play golf is for the friendship. And, and, and yes, it gets me out. And I, you know, the course is seven point seven kilometers. I might do ten or twelve kilometers because um, I'm zigzagging all over the place or whatever. But I love the friendships that I get from that, right? And so, you know, in there's a hidden message, right? I I love my friendship with you. I love my friendship with Ravs and Mother and Lawrence, and I love my friendships with my practice members. You know, and Wendy and jodes and everyone comes into there like i love all of that you know the, these friendships are, are great what's the deal with friendships and friends like is that like for me i think if i was lonely and didn't have friends that would decrease my longevity obviously family can be friends um but what's your take on that um my take on it which which because i wanted to put some effort into friendship in the book um the headline that I put in here, well, I've done a section called Four Ways to Become a Better Friend. I feel like we may have done a podcast on this, um, but it still strikes me. I think about it a lot. Spend at least 200 quality hours together. 200. Now, the people you've just mentioned, yeah, 
It may, you may not have spent 200 hours, but perhaps the amount of time that you have spent with them is in proportion to the um, the, the depth in conversation that you would go to. So, yes. so I'm not going to. I'll be personal, but I'm not being judgmental. What you would tell me uh, may be more deep and meaningful than what you would tell uh, Wendy. And, and you tell Wendy deep and meaningful things, but what you would tell Wendy would be more deep and meaningful than what you might tell, um, I don't know, a practice member that's been with you for a week or whatnot. True. Um, so just build, you say you're talking building rapport, um, but also like sometimes you can get a new friend and it feels awesome. Like you just know that, that friend is someone you want to spend a lot of time with. So there's a, a guy I play golf with um, a lot. Like I, I, I play golf with, um, biscuit and I love sharing uh, you know information with him and and I play golf with DJ and Dicky and so we we all have a, a group that we head out and Jacko like we head out we play golf and we share lots of stuff like whether it's like surface level or just below the surface um, and I could see that you know inside of a year I could easily spend 200 hours with these boys but mm-hmm. I may not actually get to the level of depth that you and I would get to. Um, even though we would spend probably up to 50 hours per year together, you know. Mm. So anyway, I think that's interesting because you you can open, you sort of turn the tap and and letting letting a, a level of importance or like a I don't know what it is like it's kind of a reverency around the friendship yeah. Um, kind of yeah. Growth. And there's certain people that you couldn't end 200 quality hours with them if you tried it. It would be silly. And this is not working with someone for the hours a week in the office. Quality time, 200 hours of quality time yeah. is uninterrupted. It's not watching a movie together. No. It's actually sitting down and really talk. It's almost like 200 hours of talking. So whether it's going on a road trip, you know, driving down to Mornington to play golf, it's like one or two hours in the car, mm-hmm. the radio's off and the phones aren't ringing and you get to talk mm-hmm. about more than just, you know, how the wife and kids and how's work. Like, weird stuff comes up um, and, mm. you know, you find that that's actually not as easy to cultivate. Like for us, we could argue or say that this um, recording is our quality time, but really the quality time of our relationship is probably in the five minutes before and the five minutes after and sometimes we want it to be longer where we can actually go like, oh, how are you really going? Like yep. what's what's happening and that's not the stuff that not to say that we don't share stuff on the episode but you know what i mean like the yeah. quality time is a pretty fussy fussy measure like and very difficult to cultivate in today's society because a lot of people want to move on or distracted it really is like i think about um some of the groups of friends that we first met in the early days of the wellness guys and the wellness couch and all that sort of stuff and i think about you know wendy and jodes and uh, Debbie and uh, and Shaz and like how they were all together, spending lots of time together. And I don't know whether or not they will spend as much time together as what they used to, right? So uh, that's a that's a very interesting thing um, as to whether or not when you build when you do that quality of life stuff, do you actually then need to continue to um, foster and formulate that, or can does that just tick a box and all of a sudden you've got that friendship quality for the rest, like forever. Well, you know I mean? here's, yeah, I, I love this conversation because, um, you know, I'm coming down to Melbourne uh, uh, on Friday and I'm seeing my schoolmates. Um, yeah, I don't. For a big just, so all the, just so all the listeners know, Marcus has factored zero time to catch up with me when he's here in Melbourne. Zero time and all of his time has been eaten up. 
that's how much friendship we have. All I'm going to say is that on my previous trip to Melbourne, Damien Christoph was my highest priority. The very first place I went after the airport was Christoph HQ. I remember and, uh, this. For I remember all this. the love, I am going to my sisters in Torquay because she's always upset because I go, it's too far. It's too far out of Melbourne. And I'm going down there, Dame. I'm going to Olivia's. Okay, that's fair enough. To see. So there we go. Fair enough. I've now, <laughs> the reason why I say that is because I haven't seen my schoolmates for, um, well, I can say years because it's been two years, I'd say. Yeah, and I get it. The more than 200 quality hours that we've spent together over our life, yes, there's some withdrawals in there when you don't catch up regularly. But when you've spent so many quality hours together, and everyone watching and listening to this will know this. You can catch up where you uh, pick up where you left off so quickly, yes. and yes. it's so good. There might yeah. be one or two minutes of awkward. How's the family? How's the kids? How's work? Once you've ticked the boxes, you then get to have these great conversations that are, are difficult to have in other settings. So um, there's a beautiful uh, lack of expiry date with friendships, particularly if um, you grow apart geographically, but not emotionally you haven't had a bitter ending um mm. when you just grow apart because of geography and circumstances but the love is still or there life. in the friendship yeah it's just a wonderful it's yeah. the love in the friendship the love yeah. in the friendship and there's nothing wrong with using the word love love i love that in love in the friendship oh that's oh, i'm that's glad you it. love that well that's what it is that's the love friendship in is the love. friendship <laughs> how good is that uh, um I've got to go. I can feel Darby beating my door down and taking the footy training. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's the first week back after the holidays. Hmm. Yes, well, off you go, mate. Make sure you go and teach them to kick left and right. Left uh, and right. Great players, left and right. None of this hooky stuff like around the corner. Nothing around None the body. None of that. Straight kicks. Straight kicks. Nothing around the body. Yeah. Thanks for the questions. It's good. I'm, as I said, I'm just beginning to talk about the book. I've spent five years writing it, and now I get to talk about it. Five um, years. That's so a long time. five years, 2016. Um, so thank you, thank you for the questions, and um, thanks for playing, everyone. It's nice to see some engagement, and I like, I do like this about our software. I know we can also do this on Ecamm, um, but I do like that they just kind of come automatically. Um, yeah. So happy times. Happy times. I think times. the person who said, "I'm here now," Peter th- Lennon. For sure. I've got a feeling that's Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, PC. Uh, thank you, Damo. Be with you on 100 Not Out, and I look forward to doing it again next week. For more of Damo's wisdom, folks, head on over to DamienChristoph.com. Myself, MarcusPierce.com.au forward slash pre order. The book goes to print. Well, as we record this, the book goes to print on Friday. So, uh, It'll be in everyone's hands. I'm going to say in three weeks. Um, so you can go there for the book. Uh, to everyone at the Wellness Couch, Joseph Tomo, editor, our 100 Not Out community, we love you. Thank you for all of your support. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.